0: We've had a fairly heavy chapter so far, just um, heavy mostly because everything we're trying to analyze is a little well beyond our capabilities at this moment and a certain amount of guesswork is required (laughs) to patch some of these aspects that we don't really know. And I was thinking also about this chant, Reveal Thyself and as Narayani was mentioning about Um, you know when we in English the words the word we use for information like this or any spiritual insight is philosophy Uh, so in they say in India we've got many different philosophies but the um, word philosophy which is Greek in origin means love of knowledge philo Sophia and in Sanskrit the word for philosophy is actually darshanam which means Uh, received vision which means revelation we don't have an idea that says love of knowledge there is either what you received directly through a revelation or everything else is just information and so for us we're reading this a little from the philosophical perspective for the love of knowledge oh wow isn't it wonderful oh wow the causal world the astral world well we don't know (laughs) what any of it it's feeding us intellectually to a certain degree but it's not revealed information and so this chant reveal thyself as Narani was saying um, this kind of information if you will cannot be revealed to us until we are willing to first reveal to ourselves all the things we need to work on in order to even be ready to receive so let's tune into it from that perspective today and just see all right it's wonderful it's amazing uh, knowledge for us to gain but also to ask the question why is this not being revealed to me directly what is it in me that doesn't allow me to access the same information that's readily available in the ether for anybody to gain from but why are we not able to draw this vision of these realities so with that Let's move forward. Yoganandaji asks his Guru, Resurrected one, this is page 412 in case you are wondering. Resurrected one, I want to know more about the karma which forces souls to return to the three worlds. The physical karma or desires of man must be completely worked out before his permanent stay in astral worlds becomes possible. Two kinds of beings live in the astral spheres. Those who still have earthly karma to dispose of and who must therefore re-inhabit a gross physical body in order to pay their karmic debts could be classified after physical death as temporary visitors to the astral world rather than as permanent residents. And we talked about this, I think, a couple of times already. These two kinds of beings and we were thinking about it from the perspective of the ashram as well I was just there some of us who are here and then some people who visit and who it's not their karma yet to be here most of the time or any such place where a high vibration is being generated on a daily basis beings with unredeemed earthly karma are not permitted after astral death to go on to the higher causal spheres of cosmic ideas, but must shuttle to and fro from the physical and astral worlds only, conscious successively of their physical body of 16 gross elements and of their astral body of 19 subtle elements. We went through these as well. So what Sri Yukteswarji is saying, it takes a lot of back and forth between the physical world and the astral world before man starts to distinguish between these two worlds which is an interesting thing you'd start you'd imagine that from this world to move into the astral world we'd be like oh wow this is so much better i don't want to go back but we do that a lot even in this world don't we oh my meditation oh wow this is so much better i don't want to go back but we still keep going back we still cannot distinguish the higher joy of meditation from the lower joys of the world. We're still very much drawn to the lower joys, even though every day we go back and forth between superconsciousness and consciousness. Every day we have that experience, yet not enough to convince us that this is indeed where I want to live. Because We're still being drawn. There's still karma. Otherwise, we could stay and that's one of the reasons why many of us aren't able to stay in unbroken meditation for long periods. Because the vrittis, just like if you're in the astral world, the vrittis start to get excited when your earthly karma is, you know, coming. (laughs) Coming and getting ready. The deaths are being called. Similarly, in our meditation, we're unable to stay there because we get called. Not because Naraini chants Om at the end, but because we were ready. We're already waiting for that Om oftentimes. And then we're like, ah, oh, now, now I can live again. You want to say something? No. no After say. each loss of his physical body, however, an, under, an undeveloped being from the earth remains for the most part in the deep stupor of the death sleep and is hardly conscious of the beautiful astral sphere. Now that's another interesting Mm -hmm. thing for, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say the majority of us, but there's a large portion of people who the first several thousand, I don't know how many, visits to the astral world is just in a dark, dull, gray space where they're mostly subconscious, just sleeping. And isn't that true for a lot of our meditations as well? (laughs) We're just in this dark (laughs) grey. I don't know where I am. I know I'm sitting here, but I'm not going anywhere particularly. So similarly, we're not even being made aware of the dazzling lights of the astral world. In the beginning, we're just going back and forth between a physical reality and then just a vague state of rest. So a lot like sleep. Then we come back, vague state of rest. Come back, vague state of rest. As we refine our consciousness, that vague state starts to be like a little more light comes, a little more color comes and then we progress to higher states. After the astral rest, such a man returns to the material plane for further lessons, gradually accustoming himself through repeated journeys to the worlds of subtle astral texture. And again, I want to keep bringing it to our practices because we just see that's why repetition is the key element here. No matter how many times you're going into a grave, vague state in your meditation, if you don't keep doing that, you won't be able to accustom yourself eventually to subtler and subtler insights, to subtler and subtler realities. And so don't judge your meditations based on did I see this? Did I hear that? Did I feel this? just say that I have to keep doing this to break the hold right now the 16 elements those gross elements are so much stronger that those 19 subtler elements of the astral world are not as familiar to me and so just breaking that mold takes time normal or long-established residents of the astral universe on the other hand are those who, freed forever from all material longings, need return no more to the gross vibrations of earth. Such beings have only astral and causal karma to work out. At astral death, these beings pass to the infinitely finer and more delicate causal world. Shedding the thought form of the causal body at the end of a certain span determined by cosmic law, these advanced beings then return to Hiranyaloka or to a similar high astral planet, reborn in a new astral body to work out their unredeemed astral karma. So the same exact process is taking place between astral worlds and causal worlds. And the same thing is happening. The astral being awakens in the causal world, but is still drawn to the delights of the astral world. Later on Sri Yukteswarji talks about it the quality of the astral world is pleasure but of a very high grade but in the causal world you cannot experience pleasure in the same way anymore there is no body to experience it in there is no senses to experience it through but in the astral world that's what these astral beings enjoy the most the pleasure of beauty, the pleasure of manifesting whatever you want, the pleasure of harmony, the pleasure of creativity. So these are very high pleasures. These aren't the pleasure of eating food. This isn't the pleasure of sleep. This isn't the pleasure of sex. This is the pleasure of a refined state of awareness. And again, we have that even in this world. We see people who have that awareness and hold that kind of very refined way. They they receive joy in a much higher form than we receive joy. My son, you may now comprehend more fully that I am resurrected by divine decree as a savior of astrally reincarnating souls coming back from the causal sphere in particular, rather than those astral beings who are coming up from earth. So this is Sri Yukteswarji kind of
1: this thing <laughs> yeah, letting
0: us know where he is. He is. <laughs> I'm not dealing with those ones who are coming from earth to the astral world and then have to go back to the earth. I'm dealing with the ones who are going back and forth between the causal world and the astral world. Just as most people on earth have not learned through meditation acquired vision to appreciate the superior joys and advantages of astral life and thus after death desire to return to the limited imperfect pleasures of earth so many astral beings during the normal disintegration of their astral bodies fail to picture the advanced state of spiritual joy in the causal world and dwelling on thoughts of the more gross astral happiness yearn to revisit the astral paradise Think about it this way for us, even in grosser terms. Say we go on a holiday to, I don't know, Swami always used the idea of Hawaii. Hawaii. He always said, Hawaii is like the (laughs) little piece of the astral world that's just there for people who are not yet, who are not ready to stay in the astral world, but aren't also fully ready to come to the physical world. But a lot of us, if we go to such a place and we stay there for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks, for four weeks, after a while, we're bored. After a while, we want to get back to restlessness. That's just who we are, it's just same as we, as I keep saying. We sit in our meditations, no matter how wonderful a meditation you have, restlessness sets in. Whether of the physical body, it's starting to tell you that uh, 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 I can't stay in this posture for too long. So it starts giving you little cracks and creaks. And then you know, that little movement shifts. And then so on and so forth, then the restlessness of the mind sets in. no matter how much you're enjoying that meditation at a certain point you can't stay there anymore so no matter how much how beautiful the astral world is and how beautiful even the causal world may perhaps be i can't even comprehend it still these beings cannot stay there not because they're being punished You know we think like, oh you can't stay in the astral world because you have physical karma so, you know, down you go. They just can't stay there just as you can't stay in meditation. (laughs) And just as we can't stay in Hawaii. We want to come back and we want to be restless. We enjoy being restless. We enjoy being engaged. We enjoy having, you know, whatever our lives, however mundane they are. Somehow we seem to really enjoy that. And that's what we have to understand. And this gives us a little glimpse of whether we are ready for the astral world or not. And suddenly it reminds me that we're not. Because if I can't stay in my meditation beyond a certain amount, and that the restlessness of my body, of my mind, of my karma is drawing me back, chances I'm not going to be able to stay in the astral world for very long either. And again these are <laughs> reveal thyself. Why aren't I why can't I stay in the astral world for as long? And so I'm not yet ready to be a resident of the astral world. <laughs> I'm still going to live in Mumbai City and come to Raheja mm-hmm. once or twice and that's all I can manage.
1: I was thinking here just a thought came when Sri Yutezwa is talking here about even when we are about to die. You know, we fail to remember the joy that is experienced in the astral world and also in the causal world. I was thinking about Yogananda's most advanced woman disciple, Sister Gyanamata, as she was leaving her body. These are the only words she could say she could utter through her mouth. She she said, so much joy, too much joy, too much joy. I mean, and that's where she was going. There was no thought of I'm leaving this behind, that I'm scared. I mean, she was already going through that process of freedom and the only thing she could experience and deepen and 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 be given to her was the joy like too much joy. I mean, it's just too much. And I think that's something that we keep forgetting. We we are not leaving anything behind. In fact, we are embracing so much more joy. And I think that's quite magnetic to keep reminding ourselves, ourselves that what we are working is towards greater joy. And, and that's what we will get as disciples as well. I mean, the joy is going to be our greatest gift, but that's the joy that is experienced at its highest in the astral world. Um, too much joy, and when we feel we are just in too much joy, guess what? there is even more joy it's like ever new joy it's ever new ever growing is endless and i think that's why the restlessness comes within us yeah. because we know our soul knows there is something greater waiting for us something that we are disconnecting ourselves from by our thoughts our karma but that's actually who we are we are joy and kriya yoga especially helps us to keep reinforcing and awaken that sleepy joy within us and that's where we are heading that's where the castle astral and causal world is all about is a journey of ever greater joy
0: Only when a being has no further desires for experiences in the pleasing to the eye astral cosmos and cannot be tempted to go back there does he remain in the causal world. So that's where Sri ji says, that's the quality of the astral cosmos, pleasing. It's a very, very pleasing experience, which we don't have here. Here we have a lot duality expresses a lot more. We'll have a lot of pleasing experiences, but then we'll have a lot of compensating experiences as well. In the astral world, because we go to places that are perfectly resonant with our vibration, we stay mostly in that vibration. And so the dualities don't play out that much, and so then it's wonderful. Um, Nayaswami Asha, always would say that in the early days or whenever she would ask swamiji that you know swami talking about desires and how we're drawn back to earth and so asha would say but swami you know i have this one great desire and do you think it's going to keep me bound and swami says what's that desire i still desire for those early years of Ananda, when we were creating Ananda, when all of us came together and there was so much joy, there was so much harmony, there was so much all of us moving in the same direction, and Swami said, no, that's an astral desire that you don't need to come back to earth to fulfill. But you see, those are the qualities, ah, harmony, beauty, creativity, that kind of, those kind of qualities you will then live in, and so imagine you're in a place where everybody's harmonious, everybody's joyful, everybody's moving in the same direction, everybody knows each other perfectly, and you're just like, why would I want to leave this reality ever? And then it takes that much time to overcome. So, if we think it's hard to overcome physical karma, it probably is harder (laughs) to overcome astral karma, because over there it's even better.
1: And then you realize that God is actually quite fair. I mean, why we keep complaining. Why have you made all these karmic laws? You know, why is so hard in the world? Why everything takes so long? And why people are so incompetent? Whatever that might be the case. that this is it. I mean, <laughs> we have to be so disappointed and so tired of this world that, you know the desire of something more and better, you know, needs to drive us to, again, expand ourselves and realize there is something more. And this is um, a thought. It's it's a difficult teaching to embrace fully. And many people are having trouble to to really accept it and make the most of it. it is like through suffering. There is growth, I mean, that's where our salvation lies. Because sometimes you have to feel so miserable about yourself that only then you will be forced to change. And if sometimes we don't suffer enough, we don't grow enough. And and I feel mm, God knows what he's doing. And I think the law of karma It's very fair, very just, and it's actually a compassionate law, it's it's the law of of love. (laughs) I think it's the law of love because God doesn't want for us to be suffering anymore, so might as well create something that awakes within us the desire to do better and be in better places than these, or perhaps, in you know, our lower chakras where most of the suffering happens with our, you know, less uplifted habits and thoughts and actions.
0: Now do you understand? Master smiled. <laughs> yes, through your grace, I am speechless with joy and gratitude. You see, this is not being said to Yoganandaji. This was being transmitted. If you remember the beginning, he says, through words and through telepathy. So Yoganandaji is actually experiencing everything that Sri Yukteswar is saying. He's not just listening like we are and just saying, trying to figure out what these words mean. Never from song or story have I ever received such inspiring knowledge. Though the Hindu scriptures refer to the causal and astral worlds and to man's three bodies. How remote and meaningless those pages compared with the warm authenticity of my resurrected master. So this is where we want to be going towards. Revealed knowledge and not just a love for information. The interpenetration of man's three bodies, Sri Yukteswarji continues, is expressed in many ways through his threefold nature in the wakeful state on earth a human being is conscious more or less of his three vehicles so right now we're not just conscious but we're utilizing all three bodies the physical body the astral body and the causal body when he is sensuously intent when the senses are our main form is sensuously intent on tasting, smelling, touching, listening, or seeing he is working principally through his physical body. So anything we do through the senses binds us or utilizes more the physical reality. Visualizing or willing he is working mainly through his astral body. So imagination but not daydreaming. (laughs) Imagination given energy through the will. Remember, everything in the astral world is based on will. You have to will the tree to give you a fruit. You can't think the tree, that's the causal world. Thought is the causal world, will is the astral world, which means energy. You have to put the energy out, even though you're not doing it physically, you're doing it only through will. That's why again, the energization exercises are all about that at some point you won't have to tense the muscle, you won't need the physical element, you will just will the energy to go there and it goes there. So that's the astral world and that's what we are utilizing every time we put out will power. Every time we create an intention and we move life force, prana and will, in that direction we are accessing our astral body. His causal medium finds expression when man is thinking or diving deep in introspection or meditation. The cosmical thoughts of genius come to the man who habitually contacts his causal body. That's a lovely line, isn't it? The cosmical thoughts of genius Genius men and women throughout history who have drawn certain thoughts that have changed the course of humanity. Inventions, discoveries, ideas, music that they've been able to just draw from God only knows how high Formulas. a sphere. Yeah, mathematical <laughs> yeah, formula. formula I mean, This comes to those people. So again, these are the humbling moments in our lives. What kind of thoughts come to me? Yeah, I don't think I'm accessing. If you access your, if you're living mostly in your causal body, then you are drawing. You see, because the causal body, the causal cosmos, deals with what? With government. With government of the entire universe. It's the causal beings that govern the universe, not God. God, is not in creation <laughs> he's like ah, you deal with this i'm not dealing with this i'm resting in bliss that infinite satchitananda has nothing to do with creation itself it's his laws that govern and it's the caus- causal beings job to manage those laws and so in order for a genius here on earth to draw something that will alter or support or greatly enhance our ability to govern these laws so take a law like gravity now the person who created the airplane was able to tune into how to go against gravity against this law and travel at much faster speeds than we would ever be able to otherwise so they're bringing from the causal world they're bringing from those Kind of planes where the governing forces of the universe exist. So everything that's been created that has altered computers, the internet, and then take your pick, the mobile phone. I guess I don't know which causal world that came from—a good one or a bad one—but it's here. But think about it. Isn't that an amazing idea? So your ideas are being given to you from some plane. And the question is, from where are you drawing them?
1: i was thinking about that plane (laughs) which plane am i coming from i'm still in that plane like (laughs) how you know like in this you you see in the astral world just like you don't need anything you just travel at will Mm -hmm. And, and here we think we are so advanced. <laughs> you know, we are like, wow, we invented this machine, this other machine. You know, like you can see then the, the big difference between the potential and where we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the fact that the material plane, we are not ready even to receive this information. It's like almost the material plane is not built to experience the higher laws of the universe. You know, it's like we, we are still trapped. And this is why this kind of information is not given to us because just like almost we are not designed yet, you know, to have those no. experiences. And anyway, that plane brought me there to, to the fact that, wow, and then it takes so long. Once you have that vision, to build a plane, you know, like like years. You were telling me the other day that the movie Avatar <laughs>
0: yeah. is about
1: to come out
0: in December,
1: in December. And I remember there was a movie before that, like many years ago. Because and you were in saying that they didn't have the right technology to make that movie. So it has taken at least 12 years for the part two of Avatar because they didn't have the right equipment to share those special effects. I mean, and in the astral world, it's just boom, this color, this, that, this image, you know, we are just exchanging all the times with mermaids and fairy, fairies and all. I mean, it's just fascinating to yeah. think like we are like, Cows, almost the bullet Le- card. The as bullet much card. Say. <laughs> <I must laughs> say. It's just fascinating how many degrees of evolution we go through.
0: A little scary. <laughs> like wow, that's so far away. I'm thinking I'm going to be fully liberated in this life, and I can't, I can't even stay in Hawaii for more than two, three weeks <laughs> before getting restless.
1: Well, at least. <laughs> We have the guru there Thankfully. too.
0: <laughs> in this sense, an individual may be classified broadly as a material man, an energetic man, or an intellectual man. A man identifies himself about 16 hours daily in his, with his physical vehicle. Then he sleeps. If he dreams, he remains in his astral body, effortlessly creating any object, even as do the astral beings. If man's sleep be deep and dreamless, for several hours he is able to transfer his consciousness or sense of I-ness to the causal body. Such sleep is revivifying A dreamer is contacting his astral and not his causal body. His sleep is not fully refreshing. So that's another wonderful little escape that, you know, the divine law gives us is during sleep. And we've talked about it many times as Master said. Sleep is not just about physical rest. The soul cannot remain attached to the physical body for so long without being given breaks to revisit the astral and the causal realms. Otherwise, as we see, as we've done, we talked about these experiments, in a few days, death ensues if you don't get to sleep. <clears throat> so, now the question is where we go? The majority of us, I think, I don't really know, I, never, I hardly remember my dream, so I, I can't quite tell, but You know, a lot of people, we go to the astral world and we go and get to be there and we get to hang out in whatever plane our vibration allows us to be, we get to manifest, we have our dreams, but we essentially, what we get to do is, we get to build, we get to build an entire world, while we're asleep. And then if you go deeper still, you get to go to the causal world, which is a dreamless state, the state of deep sleep. And that's where as Yoganandaji says, true rest comes the soul is revivified when you go to the causal world imagine you go there and what you draw from there then into this world will be a much different quality than what you will draw from the astral world there the soul gets actually to truly rest and then come back and then it's easier for it to deal with the physical realities it's all right another 16 more hours but then I'd be able to return back to the causal world for a little while again. I had been lovingly observing Sri Yukteswar while he gave his wondrous exposition. Angelic guru, I said, your body looks exactly as it did when I last wept over it in Puri Ashram. Oh yes, my new body is a perfect copy of the old one. I materialize or dematerialize this form any time at will, much more frequently than I did while on Earth. So he was still doing it while on Earth. now I'm doing it a lot more often, I don't have to. By quick dematerialization, I now travel instantly by light express from planet to planet, or indeed from astral to causal to physical cosmos. My divine, my divine Guru smiled. Though you move about so fast these days, I had no difficulty in finding you at Bombay. <laughs> so Master by his standards was moving fast in his car. You know, he had his Ford and he was going from city to city and soon he was going to get on a ship and that ship would take a month. And for by those standards back in 1930s, this was very fast. They were like, wow, you're at lightning speed of today. And Sri Yukteswar was saying, well, I'm just going from planet to planet, from cosmos to cosmos. No big deal. When I found you in Bombay very easily, <laughs> even though you were moving around a lot. Oh, Master, I was grieving so deeply about your death. Now, this has still been a little thing for uh, Yoganandaji. He's just had that, you know, he's had... We've seen this. This seems to be a, a theme in Thank our he's Guru's life. He's, he's always kind of grieved the loss of a loved one. It happened first with his mother, his brother, his, his sister, father. his father, data, then his disciples, even uh, Sister Gyanamata. So Master said, it was my almost, you can say, attachment to her mm-hmm. that I didn't let her go at her appointed time and I stretched
1: for 20 years her <laughs>
0: incarnation a lot more, just so that she could be. And when she left, Master said, no, that, I now go. I can leave as well. How sweet, isn't it? <laughs> Holding on, getting, making sure the disciple gets to where she needs to go. Says, okay, now that she's gone, now soon I too can go. But Sri ji says, Ah, wherein did I die? Isn't there some contradiction? Sri Yukteswar's eyes were twinkling, with love and amusement. You were only dreaming on earth. On that earth, you saw my dream body. Later, you buried that dream image. And now my finer fleshly body, which you behold and are even now embracing rather closely, is resurrected on another finer dream planet of God. Someday that finer dream body and finer dream planet will pass away. They too are not forever all dream bubbles must eventually burst at a final wakeful touch differentiate my son yogananda between dreams and reality (laughs) this is very hard we neither of us will be able to really accept this truth isn't it there is no dream reality here this is very solid and (laughs) everything here is exactly as i see and perceive it to be <laughs>
1: no no
0: No, <laughs>
1: No, I I was thinking about what he was saying, you know, the all this traveling back and forth from the astral to the causal constantly at will and immediately. And that's what we do constantly as well with our mind when we keep traveling from an uplifting thought of being at the astral causal plane from suddenly two seconds later going to earth or almost to the lower levels of earth when we have a negative thought or when we complain or when we get super frustrated with something and we are constantly traveling and shifting from these three realities without even to move physically, just inside us in this little (laughs) compartment of our mind. We go from the conscious mind to the astral planes, to the earth, just by the quality of our thoughts. And I was thinking now through this paragraph as well, This is our only real reality. Where do we live inwardly? It's not about what we do, nor even what we say, because those things mm, are superficial, and, and within we are even not even fooling other people, forget even about that. We are fooling ourselves, but saying something that will make us feel better, but in reality, we are not even feeling that way, or we are not even intended to do it that way. And that's something that from this chapter, I I would like to, to pay more attention, that not just through meditation, I can experience a taste of the astral plane, not just through, you know, doing particular deep practices and visions, but in my mind, throughout the day. Do I want to be a resident of the higher planes? Then <laughs> better to keep myself uplifted. Better to keep myself in the company of astral beings and people who are always uplifted and inspired and refined because that will help me to be at that level as well. So I was thinking about that. That yeah, very nice. That, that the mind Is where everything happens (laughs) within us and we get to travel easily every second and choose and choose where we want to be and something to keep in mind.
0: I have told you now, Yogananda, the truths of my life, death and resurrection. Grieve not for me, rather broadcast everywhere the story of my resurrection. From the God-dreamed earth of men to another God-dreamed planet of astrally-garbed souls. New hope will be infused into the hearts of misery-mad, death-fearing dreamers of the world. Yes, Master, how willingly would I share with others my joy at your resurrection? On earth, my standards were uncomfortably high and unsuited to the natures of most men. Often I scolded you more than I should have. You passed my test. Your love shone through the clouds of all reprimands, he added tenderly. I have also come today to tell you, never again shall I wear the stern gaze of censure. I shall scold you no more. (laughs) That's a very sweet. This is more personal now. Mm -hmm. Sri Yukteswar, after giving him an entire tour of the universe, now he's come back to, you are my disciple, I'm still your guru. No matter where I've gone, it's still my job to guide you towards freedom and liberation. But now I won't do it at that level anymore because you've passed my test. And that's the hard thing, isn't it? Once you pass the test, you don't need the test again and so even though our guru is not here in the physical body to scold us but you know he sends us enough scoldings from Mm -hmm. all over (laughs) from every circumstance in our life we get scolded in some fashion or the other we get reprimanded and through most of that our love doesn't shine higher than that reprimand you know we get upset we get hurt we say it's unfair we We go into a little tantrums we justify (laughs) why we should not be reprimanded, even though (laughs) the very law of karma is reprimanding us, not this person, not that circumstance, you know, your guru himself is reprimanding you, yet we will not accept it, it cannot be, we are too perfect to be reprimanded. So, until our love doesn't shine beyond all of that, we're going to require, you know, Sri Yukteswar won't come to us and say, I will scold you no more. He, he still needs to scold us a lot more. And a lot shifted to a certain degree for Yogananda ji also when he went back to America after 1935. He said he had this um, also inner conversation with Divine Mother. And she said, you know, up till now, I sent you, what was he? What was Lemons lemons you say, or like these mm-hmm. naggards or something no these i mean it was a it's a reference to r- racing in horses certain horses i've been sending oh, you yeah. to test your love from now on i will send you only race horses you know those disciples that get you instantly and who will take what you have to give them but in the beginning i will send you all sorts of people <laughs> to see how true to you test. will stay <laughs> to this mission that And you know Master almost broke, you know, there was that moment where he went to Mexico and he told Divine Mother I'm never going back to America again. And then she said something to him like, I am, you know, (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm maintaining this entire universe and cosmos and keeping everything in check and yet I can remain in bliss. And you can't even run a tidy organization and remain in bliss and then Master (laughs) said, that's true. And so he decided to go back again. And so that's our job, isn't it? Remaining in bliss in the midst of it all, but also letting that love for God be the highest expression that we feel behind every test, every circumstance, everything that we feel is unfair, everything that's wonderful as well. Not even getting caught up in the wonderfulness of this world, but only recognizing behind the beauty of the world, God's love shining forth. How much I had missed the chastisements of my great guru. Each one had been a guardian angel of protection. Beautiful thought is that. Each chastisement was a guardian angel of protection. Dearest master, rebuke me a million times. Do scold me now. <laughs> like, doesn't want to let that go. And then Sri ji says, I shall chide you no more you and I shall smile together so long as our two forms appear different in the Maya dream of God. Finally we shall merge as one in the cosmic beloved, our smiles shall be his smile, our unified song of joy vibrating throughout eternity to be broadcast to God-tuned souls. Sri Yukteswar gave me light on certain matters which I cannot reveal here. So even if we sing reveal thyself, he won't reveal it. During the two hours that he spent with me in the Bombay hotel, he answered my every question and a number of world prophecies uttered by him that June day in 1936 have already come to pass. So I guess we'll never know what those were. We'll just have to wait for him to come and tell us himself. I leave you now, beloved one. And at these words, I felt master melting away within my encircling arms. My child, his voice rang out. Whenever you enter the door of Nirvikalpa Samadhi and call on me, I shall come to you in flesh and blood, even as today. Okay, so that's all we have to do. Go to Nirvikalpa Samadhi and call him. With this celestial promise Sri Yukteswar vanished from my sight and a cloud voice repeated in musical thunder. Tell all whoever knows by Nirvikalpa realization that your earth is a dream of God can come to the finer dream created planet of Hiranyaloka and there find me resurrected in a body exactly like my earthly one. Yogananda, tell all." Beautiful.
1: I was thinking like, so interesting. I mean, no matter where this man goes, (laughs) the bar is always so hard (laughs) just to reach out to him. Even when he's just there, he still tells Yogananda. I found this quite remarkable when you enter through the door of Nirbikalpa Samadhi, like even, you know, like keep raising the bar, just wait, come here, and, and I will keep, you know, being with you by your side. And, and I, I was thinking like, wow, this is, I adore this man. He never let us rest. He's always asking more and more of us. He just, he, it's not enough, as any guru would do with his disciple. It's just not enough to be a mediocre disciple. It's just not enough to do things barely. Just just go all the way, keep challenging yourself, keep raising your own bar. And fortunately, Yogananda was sweeter than <laughs> Sri Yukteswar. And he, the only thing that he said for all of us is, for those who think me near, I will be near. That's all, and but that's the promise of every guru. They, they don't go anywhere. They are always there, in all these different spheres of God's creation, watching over us, traveling back and forth. Yogananda said, "I travel." every night while you are sleeping i go through each one of your soul and i just work with your karma while you are sleeping i go inside and adjust things for you to help you for your own growth and that's quite remarkable to have someone to have a guru to have a a presence that help us at this deep level i think also this chapter is 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 the teaching of reincarnation resurrection life after death i mean it's a chapter to read again and again and recognize that not just the guru when he leaves the body but Our loved ones, where do they go? And and knowing that that they are in a safe place, in fact, in a better place than this one, and that there are masters of all religions, not just Sri Yukteswar and Yogananda. There are so many saints welcoming your loved ones who have departed. where they help each other and support each other and welcoming them. So this, this chapter is, it gives so much hope and removes so much fear from the unknown of what's happening after death. Where do we go? What do we do? And the answer is, The more we can perfect ourselves here with the tools that we have, the better the chance that we will be also enjoying (laughs) with these great ones there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's not going to do it for us. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to have to create just that high state of vibration before. Otherwise, we'll end up in some (laughs) some low grade three-star hotel (laughs) astral world (laughs) which is good but a little yucky here and a little yucky there
1: well i I want to (laughs) stick to that promise that yogananda said when one of you or your loved ones or a family member of yours will leave this body i myself personally meaning yogananda i myself personally or any of the gurus will be there to receive them and to continue to, to guide them. So that's quite a promise. And for all of us who are not even disciples, but who are a little bit associated with Yogananda, uh, you can bring him as well in the picture and ask him if there is anyone in your family that has exited this world, just to keep an eye on him. <laughs> To should check on them because these masters are working in all the three worlds simultaneously all the time at any day, every day.
0: Okay, I think we'll consider this chapter done, even though there's just a little bit remaining. You guys can read that on your own, enjoy it, and we'll move on to the next, which is
1: gandhi ah, with
0: mahatma gandhi at vardha so let's see how that experience goes In meantime have a lovely weekend